He's the man in the back of the room. Y con la voz de Dios. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, CEOs where to go, and stars when to shine. But as he likes to point out, Who cares? I care. It's true, she cares. And so does he. He's entertainment and production agency owner and meeting and event master, Anthony Bellotta. She's his Agent 99, and you're about to be Bellottified. Hi, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bellotified, the one and only podcast about events, entertainment, and engagement. I'm Anthony Bellotta, and I'm here every week, as I am with the delicious, always optimistic, Alexia Cristina Apostolidis. Say, what's Hello, up, Alexia? Hello, everyone. What's on your mind this morning? Well, I'm going to ask, because um, I woke up thinking... Uh-oh. Nothing honey the monies. Wait, can you say that again, please? Nothing honey the monies. Okay. You have a look of disgust on your face <laughs> as you say that. So what does it mean? <laughs> well, yes, I do. For a very good reason. It means demons be gone. Oh. Yes. Of course. Uh and I mean this is very important. You know, we we Greeks were very superstitious, right? And uh my family they're prime examples of what to do and what not to do. So now we're, uh, was time for my cousin Constantina's uh, baby shower. And as we know, we've talked about Constantina. She got married. She got married late in life. So it's very important that, you know, we ensure she have a successful pregnancy. So this was no time to tempt the Yeluthis, which are the female demons who are said to threaten reproduction. Oh. Of course, every female rel relative between here and Greece was invited to the baby shower. But there was this strange woman waiting her turn to come in. Nobody knew who she was. She had these big, black, scary eyes. She was dressed head to toe in black, which is a major no-no at a baby shower, right? Unless, of course, you're Yaya. Constantina started to feel ill. And her knees began to give out, and she fainted. Well. She, what she hadn't done because she doesn't listen to superstitions, she failed to sprinkle the threshold with the salt and hang bells on the door to ward off these unwelcome guests. But luckily, Yaya ran to the door, sprinkled the salt, pulled out a string of bells from her purse, hung them on the door, and poof, the scary woman was gone. And just as a side note, Constantina was fine, ended up having a healthy baby girl. Well, that's good to hear. If it was only that easy, though, I must say. <laughs> To get rid of the demons in your yes, life. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Have you tried the demons sprinkling at the door. salt? No, Have you I tried can't. it? Okay, well, you know what? I, I guess I should. You got to try it. I guess it. I should. I know well, what I, your next gift is going to be, a thing of bells. Uh, and salt, please. And salt. Kosher salt. <laughs> I can't verify, but I won't dispute what Yaya says, because that would just be foolish. Yes. But I do have something to say about doors, hallways, and venue access as they relate to the site inspection. Let's get tipsy! And that's what today's tipsy is about, the site inspection. It is an established industry protocol and there are a number of online resources of varying degrees of specificity that can help identify the areas one should inspect when considering the appropriateness of a venue. But few, if any, 
include back of house areas, which do impact events. So today's tipsy is about opening doors by requesting to see the back areas, kitchen and loading dock during your site inspection. And here's why. Doing so will help you to determine what impact, if any, those areas will have on your plan. Here are a few scenarios to consider. You have a tight time. You have a tight timeline for meal service, and you'd like to ensure it will happen. In addition to obtaining server ratios, which on average, according to Cvent, is one server for 32 attendees, you'll want to know the distance of the kitchen to your specific room or area, and if necessary, what protocols are in place to ensure that your meals will be served warm and delicious, and in keeping with your timeline. Or you have a number of vendor partners enlisted, a florist, band, a decorator, a production provider. Seeing the loading dock may not adhere you to any venue, but doing so will help you to understand the process by which they'll be granted access. Is it an actual dock with bays necess necess uh, necessitating a lift gate? Uh, how are smaller vehicles accommodated, such as bands? Think about your musicians and florists. Is there a schedule or dock master on site? or is it just used as a first come first serve basis? And what are the other plan uses during your setup and strike? All of those questions answered will help you to better prepare for your vendors. And that is my tipsy of the day. Okay, before we get started, if you're a new listener, please take this time to like and subscribe. Go ahead, we'll give you a sec. Why, thank you. So, who's joining us? Okay. Well, our guest today, a fellow native San Diegan, woo -woo, is a fourth generation owner, operator of the 71 room Ocean Park Inn Hotel in Pacific Beach. He holds a bachelor's degree in biology with a minor in chemistry, it's very smart, from the University of San Diego, and a master's in hospitality management from our very own San Diego State University. What, what? He's I know, really. He's not only passionate about his family and community, but he's also an active member of lodging associations. He's a member of Mayor Todd Gloria's AAPI Advisory Board and on the Board of Governors of the San Diego Foundation and Asian Business Association. And his list of past associations and community service work is endless. He also created co-founded and co-chaired the PB Clean and Safe Pilot Program and continues to work to make this program a permanent reality for Pacific Beach. Please welcome the inexhaustible, the magnanimous, the admirable Elvin Lai. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being had. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, my favorite saying. <laughs> <laughs> We've been wanting to have you on this program for quite some time as we went through the master's program together. And I, I just knew that you'd have lots to offer. So thank you for being here with us. Absolutely. Uh, should we should we start the way we normally do, which is to give our audience a bit more information about Elvin Lai and something we call 10 quick questions. 10 quick questions. 10 quick questions? Yeah. It's yep. very simple. First yeah. answer that comes to mind. Alex holds the clock. You got two we minutes. Did. I ask you 10 questions. Elvin Lai, do you believe in miracles? Absolutely. Do you sing in the shower? No. 
thought that was going to be a yes, I must say. <laughs> that was definitive. <laughs> right. When was the last time you tried something new? This morning. And what was it? Um, a new pastry. Oh, well, that was easy. Yeah. Uh, what do you want? What did you want to be growing up? A fireman. And what is the most memorable live concert, show, or festival you've ever experienced? Ooh, I can't say that I like a lot of live concerts, but I did go see Alien Ant Farm uh, at um, in Mission. I forgot what else plays the Canes, and that was a great show. Interesting. Uh, what was the name of the show? Uh, Alien Ant Farm. Alien Ant Farm. Yeah, you're gonna have to look that one up. I'm gonna have to look that one up. <laughs> uh, if Mickey Mouse weren't famous, would you give him a room in your inn? Nope. Good for you. <laughs> What's the one? No way. Mickey. <laughs> What's the one thing you wish you could stop doing? Worrying. What is a common complaint hoteliers hear? Ooh, God, there's so many. Um, constant amount of complaining that we get. Let me think. Uh, oh, good one. The sun's not out. Oh. <laughs> Your fault. Yes. I came fault. to San Diego yeah. for sun. <laughs> That's right. That's a good one. Uh, they'd be surprised to learn that San Diego, I think, has on average 146 sunny days a year. It's not yeah. all that many. That's, that's right. Uh, December 7th was the attack on Pearl Harbor, and it also happens to be Alex's birthday. But what is December 8th here in San Diego? I have no idea. Well, by George, it's Elvin Lie Day. Oh, gosh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you have two of those, though, right? Don't you have two Elvin Lie Days? Oh, three, three days. Ooh. I didn't even catch that. Three days. I know. I know. Wow. They're all, us... they're all in the past, though. They, they were moments in time, not annual. No, you make yes. them annual, my friend. <laughs> you celebrate those days, please. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Question number 10. Abnormal. Yes. which is the name of your beer and wine company, has many right. synonyms. Yes. Here are four. Pick the one that most applies. A, unusual. B, deviant. C, freakish. And D, twisted. Deviant. Love it. B, deviant. You didn't even have to think about that. Nope. So tell us about that name, Abnormal. Is that uh, your creation and... No. Uh, no, not my creation at all. Um, business partner Matt Deloach was making wine out of his garage, uh, making wine differently than most. Most wine is, you know, put into a barrel and cast for two years, three years, however long it needs to be. Uh, and he made the process faster with a home kit with like uh, oak chips, oak spirals, oak cubes and sped up the process. So and then he gained the following it started selling, uh, people started liking it. So the process was abnormal. So you called it abnormal wine and it just stuck. And that turned into the culture that we fostered that abnormal is the, in, the ability to be yourself, to be independent, to be true to yourself at work, 
and in spirit and in creativity. And that's where we create the sense of cork and craft, abnormal wine and abnormal beer. Mm. Now, cork and craft is, yep. is it an eatery? Yep. It's a restaurant. And, and where yeah. is it located? Yeah. In Rancho Bernardo. It's, a, okay. it's tucked away uh, in a little business center um, back there. Is it um, doing well? Is the business doing well? Doing well? Yeah. 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 I, we survived COVID. God bless. God. Yes. Yeah. I have seen that. Yeah, and right. um, yeah, because I have a friend that works near there and we were driving by uh, close to where her office was. And I saw that and she said, we haven't go- gone there yet, but we keep wanting to. And I yeah. said, please go and let me know. Yeah, please. All right. Yeah. Elvin, did we ever talk about Cornell and the fact that you went there? No, we didn't really talk about that, but that was a certification program, right? Like asset management certification. And that was my first foray into it. It's not, it's definitely great education. I wouldn't say that it's like a master's degree that we went through or a bachelor's. It's definitely um, spot learning, as I say, things Mm -hmm. where like, I, I feel really that we should always be learning. So I'm always like, I'm deficient in this. So I'll do a little spot learning there. Wow. So it was an online certification online, program? Yeah, online course specifically around asset management, building management, and you know how I can take care of the family business a little better. Wow. Uh, that's proof that you are never too old. Sorry, never. To stop never. learning. That's right. Or to learn. Right. You're never too old to learn mm-hmm. something new. Uh, and you always have time to learn something new. That's an even bigger indication of that because you are not a lazy person my friend Mm -hmm. you're very busy with four businesses uh and all of them in the hospitality space right all four of them in the hospitality space which is a 24 7 space right it never stops right so um could we talk a little bit about being a hotelier and what and what that means um you have the ocean park in it's a Mm -hmm. 71 room Ocean Front Hotel. Uh, it's was in the family chest, if you will. And yep. you, it wasn't always called Ocean Park Inn, though, was it? No, it was, um, it was called the Kalakai Motel um, back in 1967. Uh, and during that time, um, it was red zone. So we had to have a Caucasian partner in order to buy the property with us in order for us to invest from Taiwan here. Um, and we've managed that property with, um, with Ron up until 1988, when my father and my uncle took over the business, bought the business from my grandfather and Ron, um, sorry, Roy, um, and, uh, and rebuilt the hotel, took, took down the Kalakai Motel and rebuilt it and opened in 1991. And it's, Still the same frame, but we've took it down the studs twice now. So down the studs, rebuild it, renovate it, down the studs, rebuild it, renovate it, and so forth. How's this last renovation doing for you, this last rebuild? It's great. It's amazing. Um, We've gained more loyal followers, more loyal customers. We've uh, Our brand has expanded much more. We did it differently this time. My first rebrand, I didn't have the experience, the knowledge, and the access when I first did the remodel. So I just did what I thought was best for the area. And I'd liken it to be um, a, 
a hotel that really didn't have a sense or a soul um, back then. It was just a, an eclectic idea of what I thought the beach was. This time around, we did focus groups in LA and in Arizona, what they wanted. We did we did color studies on what was missing in San Diego, what exemplified it. I had more access to the PB Town Council, the Discover PB Business Improvement District, the planning group, designers, artists. We collaborated with local artists in areas. So we took all of the designs in and really what we have here at the Ocean Park Inn today is a group think idea of what this place should be and not just from me. Could you share some of the learnings from those focus sure. groups and maybe how they have been manifested at the hotel? Yeah, great line was one of the focus groups says, hey, San Diego, stop trying to be LA. And I had to sit back like, I never wanted to be LA. Why do I want to be LA? I don't want to be LA. Like we're San Diego. We're, we are like true to like the laid back, easy going, hardworking, but we're way more chill and laid back. Like, how are we LA? And I started looking internal operations. Oh, well, we are trying to copy them. The fast pacedness, the modes, the service ideas, like we're, we're getting away from not being laid back or we're being more, prim and proper at my front desk when I should tell him to be more laid back and dress them more laid back. And so that one comment alone really steered us in a different direction. Wow. Right. And the other one was like, um, if I'm driving four hours in that darn traffic on the five South, you better have something at your location that's worth going to. And so we started developing the outside aspects, the partners that we have, the vendors, so that when they came here, it was truly an oasis. Like you come to the Ocean Park Inn, you say, hey, I don't have to go anywhere. Like we're a 71 room boutique hotel. We don't have a restaurant and we were surrounded by restaurants. So we don't need one, but we don't have a, like a full liquor license or a bar, right? We have mini bars and so forth, but how do we bring everybody mm -hmm. in? So, all right, well, let's go outside and bring those people in so that the customers are happy. I saw that on your site when I was looking at the yeah. hotel which looks beautiful oh thank you and i can't wait to be invited for a stay Absolutely. Uh, side note <laughs> like that um, but uh <laughs> invited you hear that hint, hint, hint. Uh, we uh, need to go on december 8th for alvin lighting that's, that's right. right that's the I best agree. day to go that's when the prices are slashed my friends i'm that's kidding right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um goodness i've forgotten my question oh um how do you differentiate and Pacific Beach from your competitors? Hmm. So how do we differentiate? We differentiate by the art, by the local art. So the, if I'm looking in the room right now, because I'm actually in one of the hotel rooms, the, the, the picture I'm looking at right now is, let me just show it to you. It's that one right there. I know the, your, your, your fans can't really, really but it see looks it. Like, but... It looks like an iconic mm -hmm. beach cruiser what is it a right it is a uh, ram truck built in the late 70s green rusted it's got that tarnished look to it surfboards hanging out the back mm -hmm. really beautiful like brazilian girl hanging out of it with people surfing in the background right that's that's iconic pacific beach right there's a huge brazilian influence here the um, huge community of brazilians here the beach vibe the laid backness and going back to the roots of like what's quint a quintessential beach town. 
kind of that rustic little very sandy um look that's what we're trying to bring and the only way we could bring that in were really photos so in the hallways the first floor you'll see a walking tour of the the business district the second floor you'll get a walking tour of the boardwalk and the third floor you'll get a walking tour of the beach i'm sorry the pier on top of the pier under the pier and so forth and that's just murals covering um the the hallway so that you get a sense of it so then when you go into the room you're seeing the furniture tie into it it's more subtle in the room of course because you don't want to be like in your face with it so much except for the photos um but the photos are really what conjures that energy um and so forth and then the pick color we picked was yellow right like this chair the the custom yellow or like the signs and the, the little pillows or like the lamps and so forth that's a um, our addition, our take on a lifeguard tower, we turned it into a lamp, right? Um, mm. So little things like that are just trying to bring the outside elements in. Uh, and there's a lot of hotels that use the color of the water, the blue. We want to get away from that. Our designer was like, we're not letting you do that. We're going to use the color of the sun. I'm like, great, love it. Let's do it. So it's that bright energy, youthfulness, and you know, you want to feel alive coming in you don't want to you know feel like you're just going there to like right in your last day <laughs> especially because you are uh you are selling the beach and the mm -hmm. and the location on the beach so the property really does want to be light and airy and sun filled wherever it can be so that right. it has the warmth that you're projecting exactly so you took a great deal of time and effort to bring together this feel of of uh, Pacific Beach yep. for the interior of the hotel. Yeah. Uh, what is your biggest, if you don't mind me asking, what keeps you awake at night as a hotelier? Um, making sure my employees have a job. Mm -hmm. You know, making sure that we can make payroll. I mean, as I've started. 11 businesses and four of them are still around right so failure is absolutely a big part of my success and every single time what well, wakes me up in the middle of the night at 2 30 or 3 o'clock in the morning it's like boom oh my gosh i have a forty thousand dollar payroll tomorrow i'm barely making it. it that's what keeps me up yeah i i, I know that feeling uh, it's the hard one to swallow yep uh, so, and you, the hotel is 71 rooms. So yeah. I'm a, and no restaurant, you pointed that out. So you rely solely on room nights, solely on room nights. And that could be a difficult spot to be in, right. right. As a hotelier, that right. means you're, you're talking about transient business only, right. Mm -hmm. No groups, no weddings, no, you know, um, meetings because there isn't the space. So um, that has got to be difficult. Yep. It, I mean, we just focus on customer service, make sure, make sure people love staying here and this is their favorite place to stay, whatever occasion that may be. Um, our, I, I think um, one of my favorites is, I'm not sure I can say the, the company name, but a large company that produces a lot of sweets. Um, they have a manufacturing facility too on the other side of the border in Mexico. Um, and he's supposed to be staying at, uh, you know, a hotel downtown or close to the border or whatnot. And he drives an extra 45 minutes, 50 minutes to stay here 
he's like, look, I'm from the middle of nowhere. If I'm staying in San Diego, I'm staying on the beach. It's the same money. doesn't matter. So we're staying with you. That's what I'm trying to like grab. Mm, like nice. Right. You need to come here because this is the feeling, the vibe that you get. It, it rejuvenates you when you're working. So when you come home, we're, we're your oasis. How, I don't know if you'll know the answer to this question. I don't. Uh, how many rooms are there on the beach in San Diego? Oh, that's a good question. I don't or, know that. Or how many hotels are there with direct a- access to the beach? I really should know that number, and I don't. Because I think it's a yeah. very small number. Um, there is five on this stretch. Um, two well, three with a beach access pool that I know. Um, but outside of PB mission beach, I'm, I'm lost a little bit. I don't know. That's a good question though. I need to know that answer. I mean, certainly there's one, the Dell in in, on Coronado and then the Lowe's has access to silver strand beach, but it's not on the beach. You have to walk across, Silver Strand to get there. And in La Jolla, other than uh, La Valencia, which is accessible to the beach, but isn't right on the beach, I I can't think of other properties that are. There is a new high, very high-end property in in, uh, uh, Encinitas. Uh, Oh, yeah, the Lila. Yeah. Yes, the Lila. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But again, that's on a cliff. Right. Right. They don't have direct access to the beach. Oh, actually, well, I take that back. There is one hotel uh, that I know of in Imperial Beach. I believe yes. Yes. that one's right on the water. Right. And it has a cone yeah. restaurant in there. Yes. And yes. Angelo and I have actually been there, but it's in Imperial Beach. Beach, that's correct. Uh, it's not in Pacific Beach, which is much right. more hip and lively. Yeah. And yep. as you point out in your website, access to much you know more restaurants yep. more activities mm-hmm. cleaner water yeah. I mean, cleaner <laughs> <Yes>. beach water <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> just there saying. is one up in carlsbad but again it's not on the beach you walk out and you just walk across the street and down the steps right. and you're on the beach right um but yeah again that's not right on the beach yeah, that's something that I think, and the fact that you are updated and your levels of service are high, I think that already puts you above yeah. the rest in, in Pacific Beach. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a reason to go on your website, oceanparkin.com, I think it is, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. Just to see the the icon, the surfing, the web icon, I think is the reason to go on your website. It's not just a click and point website. When you go on the website, your browser uh, arrow turns into a surfer. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Little nice details. touch. Yeah. Little details. You, there's actually a surf cam on there too. So if you want to check out the surf of the weather, oh. it's funny. Our website used to say always sunny. And then we put the surf cam on there. I was like, yeah, oh, we can't say that anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. So now no, now we can say, uh, um, yeah, but there's a surf cam. You can check the weather. You can check the surf. You can check the pier out. You can check the sunsets. If you have a little, you miss San Diego just a little bit, hop on our website. You can, you can see it on there. Now you were also for a time uh, on the board of the San Diego convention center and, and perhaps maybe even the, the chairman of the board at one point. Correct. 
So how are we looking there? What's what's online for the center? I know you're not on the board today, but I'm assuming you have a an inside. 2024 scoop. looks amazing for events. Great. And what yeah, about, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. No, We're, 25, 26, I think everything everything's coming back online, really, really looking good. Uh, yeah, next few years, it's really coming back really strong. And what about the future of another uh, um, addition to the convention center? Is that on hold? I'm, I'm hoping and praying. I am hoping I am praying. We can certainly use it. There are a tier of businesses that we cannot fit at the San Diego Convention Center because of the size restrictions. We have, we have conventions that have grown past the entire space. They, they're like, they're putting tents on the lawn because they want to stay in San Diego so badly. Um, but we don't have the space. So the contiguous expansion of the convention center is much, much needed. Um, but it may be a while away, unfortunately. Where would it go? How would, so where would you build on? It goes uh, south and mm -hmm. east a little mm -hmm. bit. So that, that back corner, all that becomes contiguous space. Okay. You know, the Orlando Convention Center has done an, a phenomenal job of increasing their, their square footage. Uh, and, and it's contiguous by way of walkways and, um, you know, uh, covered walkways. So there are ways to handle it. But that is the key word, contiguous. Yes. For mm -hmm. a while, there was a proposal to do a uh, convention center slash sports. I want to say it was a stadium. Yeah which yep. would not have been contiguous. And there were a great number of people fighting for that plan. And all I could think was, are you crazy? Right. Can you imagine having to shuttle people back and forth between events, food, meetings, seminars? You're like, like, no one's going to do that. I mean, come and, on. Right. And then you're going to have to staff that new location with mm -hmm. a sales right. team and an operational yep. team because it's going to have to exist on its own. And we make sure that they're working in tandem with each other. Right. Now, how do you feel... Not that they're they're a direct competitor, but I'm curious to hear how you feel about Gaylord coming into Chula Vista uh, with a big property and convention center. What are your thoughts? So ultimately, I think it's a good thing because it puts more eyes on San Diego and San Diego County in general. Like we need we need more space, and if they're the first to build it to to, to attract those large events to come to San Diego, hey, we're all better for it, right? Would I rather see it at the convention center? Absolutely. Would I rather see San Diego, City of San Diego get the TOT? Absolutely. But just getting those big events to come into San Diego at Gaylor, getting more of that international travel to San Diego, more eyes and recognition on San Diego, that's, we will all be better for that. Mm. Thank you for that. And thank you for yeah. mentioning the TOT. It's one of the questions that I have for you. Mm -hmm. As a 71 room property, you just sort of meet the threshold right yeah. um so tell me how you feel about it's what now 12 and a half percent the yeah. tot with the with the marketing district two percent that you pay yeah. how do you feel about that tot does it cut into your business or is it some unnecessary tax it's a necessary tax um let's just be honest like people come into san diego use our roads fire services especially on the beach lifeguards funding is really really out of that right um, emergency service and so forth. I think it's it's a benefit as San Diego is in fact a tourist town and we get the third largest revenue from TOT 
it's a big supporter for the city of San Diego. So I definitely feel, and we're also on that end for the state of California wise, we're really low, right? So when we're competing for events, we're really, really low. Not that I'm saying that it should be higher. I'm not <laughs> saying that at right. all, but I'm saying that we are low and we're, we are very much competitive um, within our market. Um, and then our low TOT is definitely making us more competitive when we're bringing groups into San Diego and large tranches and so forth. So, but it's necessary. Absolutely. The city counts on it, uh, especially emergency services. Now, is, am I right in understanding now that even properties that would be listed on Verbo or um, Airbnb are also subject to the TOT tax in San Diego. Is that a correct statement? That is correct. Yep. The, the STROs um, that got their tokens or licenses to the city of San Diego lottery system um, in order to be uh, in order to operate their VRBO STRO or so forth, um, they will now have to pay their TOTs. Correct. That's a good thing for everybody. Yes, that is correct. Yep. I know yep. I've heard some complaints on that side, but it does even out the playing field a bit. Uh, and yeah. the, and, and not the, only that, too, it's like the, the VRBOs and STROs, some of the areas, high concentrations with when they weren't paying for the TOT, the TOT wasn't being allocated to those areas right. where those people were staying, right? The trash cleanups and, and so forth, right? It, it just it drained other areas when they should be really supporting themselves. Now we're just having to say, hey not only were we on equal playing fields, but you're paying your share. The mm -hmm. visitors are paying their shares for that area so that they can get services that they serve, they need. And there's a lot of misunderstanding about a TOT tax. Yeah. Uh, it, go, it gets, it's a tax that's voted on here in San Diego. And, and it, that's very controversial in itself because mm -hmm. most people don't understand that they're not actually being taxed unless they're using one of the hotel services or eating at a hotel. Uh, and in this city, isn't it fair to say it's a pretty fair tax? In other words, if you go to Miami Beach, being on Miami Beach, you're paying an additional tax, no matter right. where you are, whether you're in a hotel or not. We don't have that here in Correct. the city. Correct. I and think it's, it's very, very fair. It's like the visitors who come here that utilize the great city of San Diego. They're paying their share to go back to the city to keep our beaches clean, get all that raked. I mean, I had tons and tons and tons of seaweed wash up onto the beach. And I'll, I'm just looking at like, how are they gonna get that? But sure enough, next day we had beach combers and rakes and big old trucks just raking all of that seaweed out. And they can't do that for free. Right. No. Um, so that all costs money and um, and that employs people. And that's important. It's important because yeah. people won't come to the beach if right. it's dirty. Yep. There's a big seaweed blob headed for Florida, as a matter of fact. They really? Beach, oh, really? Believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, a very interesting article I read. Um, so being a smaller property, do you have a revenue manager? No. You don't need one, right? Because you don't have various sources of revenue. We have third-party revenue management. Um, and then we still use ideas um, to manage our rates based on demand. We're not occupancy-driven. We're, um, we're demand-driven at the hotel. That's the only way we can capture that incremental revenue that's so important. 
right? Most people are like, well, what's the difference between, you know, $300 rate and $350 rate? It's just 50 bucks to you, Alvin. I was like, well, that's $50 that adds up over time. And that $50, 60% of that, sorry, 70% of that drops to the bottom line. Whereas the other $300, only 50% of that drops to the bottom line, right? That's the covering cost of the incremental revenue is the important part. So I need a revenue manager just to, to see things. My general manager is great. And making sure she takes a look at that. But yeah, we have to watch the demand generator. Sometimes they go a little crazy. Uh, we How had flexi- one night. Oh, go ahead, go please. Ahead. No, no. So we had one we had one night where the rates were at nine hundred and ninety-nine dollars a night. The ceiling that we set it at, we're like, um, we're at twenty percent occupancy. There's no reason why it's a thousand dollars a night. Okay, so you just gotta manage those things and just right. help it learn. So there's that much flexibility in the rates. Is it is it um, algorithm supported? Yes, it's all algorithm supported. It's all demand. It's all about who's looking at what site and booking where on the OTAs. How much flight traffic's coming into town? You know where are they clicking? And that based on that demand and based on the demand of my comp set, that's where my rates go or and, down. And third parties. Do you mind discussing them for a moment? Uh, sure. For a while, they were instrumental in ensuring that business was still being delivered to properties. But I think now they're sort of a, a thorn in everyone's, well, a thorn in the hotelier side. Do you agree? <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely, thorns, a good way to put it. I would say more necessary evil, mm-hmm. right? If I had salt and bells, I would do that too. I would put it up everywhere you know um as well Good one. Um, i would you know direct bookings is what we always try to push um because it really supports the independent business owners but me as an independent boutique hotel non-flag non-branded i don't have a major booking engine booking call center pushing members to me right so right. for me booking.com expedia.com those giants are necessary marketing tools. And when you put them and use them and say, all right, I'm paying you a commission, right? Commission just hurts, right? That's a big stab to the chest. But if I just change that, I'm paying you a marketing fee. It's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, if I'm paying you a marketing fee for that one time, that's fine. Now it's my job to make that your person return and book with me directly. That's a good way to put it, right? It's an entry into your world, right? right? Otherwise, you- I would never capture that person. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's a great way to look at yeah, it. It's it business really is. that you wouldn't have had. Exactly. Um, so what is the biggest eater of profits in your business? Is it the biggest staffing? eater yeah. of profits are my most important resource, which is my staff. Your, your people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the margins are extremely tight. This year, last year, it was even worse. This year, we're kind of trying to figure out where the, the mediums are. Um, but you know what? In order to keep my people, we had to give everybody raises and bump everybody up and make sure. Like, I'm not saying that they didn't deserve it, but our ADR is not matching the rate increases are not matching the rate of employee pay wage increases, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Once those two meet, then we'll be fine, but mm-hmm. they're not in line at the moment right everyone's saying it's like well you just raise your rates raise your rates well raising my rates there is a ceiling to that mm-hmm. if people just stop coming right 
It's like, well, we're in a capitalist market. You can charge whatever you want. Sure, I can charge whatever I want, but it doesn't mean you're going to buy it. Right. Right. So we have to be competitive with everybody, even though wages are being forced up. I still have to maintain a manageable rate so people will actually buy. Yeah, that's a tough place to be on a right. constant basis. How big is your staff? Uh, oh, we just increased it, actually. We're at 31 now. 31. Yeah. And has, has inflation impacted your profitability? Oh, for sure. So what kinds of things Absolutely. have gone up in your world? What What's more expensive today than it was a month ago Tish- or a year ago? Tissue boxes. Uh-huh. Boxes of tissue. Um, lotion. Um damn waffle mix. I mean, everything. I mean, if I took away the waffles, I think I would have anarchy. My guests would complain and raise flags and all that kind of stuff. Like the waffle making, we have a continental breakfast, right? So that's, that's included in the rate. Yeah. Free continental breakfast It's part of our family tradition that we've always done. That's what you can expect coming here. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I tried to change that. Um, but it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, no, we're going to keep that. I'm like, okay, fine, we'll keep that. But that cost went from about $5 to $6 per room per head to 11 10 Double to 11 half. per head, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it cuts in a lot. And then you, then you have to factor in waste and you have to factor in um, – uh, people taking triples and doubles and stuff like that when they really don't finish it. And so like, I mean, it's, it's, you can't really do anything about it, but that, that cost increments goes up quite a bit. Yeah. What, are... What's your um, uh, main clientele? Do you have mostly families? Yeah. With mainly you? families. Mm-hmm. Our, our demographic is um, uh, three and a half, you know, average, mm-hmm. right. Between, between one or two kids. Uh, usually um, the independent travelers, the, the couples only, uh, we get those too, but we're really families. In fact, we have generations of family that stay here. So like uh, grandparents, you know, parents and kids, they all come and do staycations here or vacations here and so forth. So yeah, we definitely are very family oriented and we want to keep that way. We love that. Is it all sweets? No. But you have certain number of, of kitchenettes and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, I have four kitchenettes suites. Nice. It looks like the perfect family getaway, family retreat. Uh, it really again, does. Yeah. Beach access right there, uh, and and in a, an ex- on an accessible beach that's quite honestly less chaotic than some of the other beaches here in town. Yeah, and you know what? The, the funny thing. The most, the coolest comment that I, that I got that I had no idea that we were even doing was someone said in passing and I didn't, they didn't even say it to me. I just heard it in passing. They're like, oh yeah, there's a really, really parent friendly pool here. I was like, parent friendly pool. What does that actually mean? And I just, I just sat down and I just started listening because the other guy had no idea what he was talking about too. He's like, you know, kids have this layer of fat like baby fat on them. They don't really feel cold, right? But we get into a cold pool and we stay there for a long period of time with the kids. We get cold. Adults get cold, but much, much quicker. So the pool is a lot warmer. The spa is much, much warmer. So like the pool itself being at 83 degrees is very parent friendly Mm -hmm. as the kids jump out, jump in, jump out, jump in. 
you can actually enjoy yourself standing in the pool. It's like, oh, I didn't really notice that. That's kind of, yeah. that's kind of a cool thing, you know? That's, that's really excellent. That's really, really excellent. You need to stand in your own pool. I know. So <laughs> you need to do. You know, I, it seems like people might think that's not important, but I was staying somewhere. And it was in the middle of the desert, in the middle of the summer. And the pool was so cold that I couldn't go in it. And that wasn't just me. It was the everybody I was with. And so yeah. to have something that's comfortable, especially if you're tending to your family and playing with your kids, that's one of those little things that sets that's you right. apart. That's right. So you are very heavily into community. You give back. Yeah. Uh, you're present in your community. What defines community for you? Oh, uh, how's the saying go? Um, rising seas lift all boats mm-hmm. right um i feel that if my community is not successful that i cannot be successful in my community no one would come here to visit me at the ocean park inn if my community was not being successful mm-hmm. whether a successful business district um, successful residents successful schools Right. That all most people don't feel like there's that ties into business, but it's the supporting foundation of business. And so that's why I, I do so much with them, because I think they, they are a reason why I'm still here. Well, and I have some an outside resource who who verified to me again, unsolicited, didn't ask for verification. Uh, of your participation on a community level. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's through uh, Shoreline Community Services. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, through a friend, I was just asked to emcee their black type bingo. Yeah. And I did some research and saw they were in PB. And I said, well, I'm going to talk to Elvin about this. And uh, Shelly got back to me and said, Elvin, lie. Oh, he's already given yeah. <laughs> us something. I, I thought, great. That's great. That yeah. That's putting are, your money where your mouth is. Absolutely. And they are extremely critical in the formation or reformation of our PV clean and safe program. Cause they actually, uh, Karen Blanton, uh, their executive director over there is the, was the founder of something called PV street guardians. When we did our, when I, we did our pilot program for PV clean and safe where she hired people experiencing homelessness to work in the program to help clean up the business district. So we took the business district cleaning contract and gave it to Karen. And she then hired uh, people experiencing homelessness and then was able to transition them into housing or into homes, which was extremely important because it was um, one of the greatest things, learning points that came out of that was we couldn't take someone experiencing homelessness and put them directly into an entry-level job inside of a hotel, right? The fact of working indoors automatically was a, it set people up for failure, right? Mm-hmm. Then if we, if we did the program, she had a great nine month course where people worked with her for nine months, graduated with her program, became a supervisor. If you didn't want to become a supervisor, work with someone else and then got them into like an entry level job. It gave them a progression of understanding again, once again, working for someone, cause that takes a little bit of training to get back into that working mm-hmm. for someone listening to someone, getting reacclimated to that, then acclimating to working in a part of a team, communication skills, social skills in a work environment, then working indoors, 
like the progressions, the steps was extremely important. So, wow. um, so care, the shoreline community services, they're doing their part. I'm, I got to do my part to support them and financing that and, and like getting the community involved with that. So it's, it'll come not fast enough, but it's, it'll be there. Well, I hope to see you at at the black tie bingo. Yeah, absolutely. Gala. I I hope to see you there. Absolutely. So you, you also love exploring San Diego and the amazing food scene here. And if your website isn't an indication of letting people know about the great restaurants that exist around your hotel, then uh, your love of American, Italian, Middle Eastern, and Vietnamese, Korean barbecue, that would that also goes and, and helps as well. But I have to say, I have to tease you a little bit. You say in a, in a recent uh, article of fabulous people, just have to uh, point that out, yeah. just love that you're a fabulous person, you are. <laughs> you say, I love exploring San Diego's amazing food scene from American, Italian, Middle Eastern, Vietnamese, Korean barbecue, the list goes on. And of course... I love enjoying my wife's excellent Thai food at home. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Good on you. I just read. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> and of course I love enjoying my, yeah, right. <laughs> Is your wife hey, a good I, cook? Let's I be real. Eat, I want to eat when I go home. Let's be okay. honest. doesn't matter what it, <laughs> No, my wife is an amazing cook. She, she's amazing. Like she like Thai food has a lot of sugar in it. I don't like mixing my savory and my sweets together. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. I just can't. I'm, do it. The, I'm the same way. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't so like she, it either. So she tailors it to me and makes Thai food without the sugar in it. So to me, she's it's great. Fantastic. So, so I'm jealous a, now because Thai is my favorite. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Just a little, little recommendation there. And I would say when I'm not enjoying my wife's excellent Thai food at home, I love exploring. Okay, just for next time when you. I'm not that. as well spoken as you. I'm no. trying. Well, I'm call trying me. To do my best. I'll I'm call happy. You. I'm happy to help. <laughs> so, how does work work life balance look to you? Someone who's as busy as you are. Yeah, you know, I have a problem with that term only because it insinuates that there is a balance. Right there. And like, I, I had this conversation just recently, like my wife and I have this conversation all the time. Like I, I treat my, my marriage with my wife. We treat it as a partnership, right? It's never going to be fair. I'm going to give more sometimes and she's going to give more sometimes that's back and forth all the time. Work life is the same thing. Sometimes I'm going to be more present with my children. And sometimes I'm just going to be working like a dog. Um, like balance, work-life balance. I tried that. I was like, all right, well, I'm only going to work eight hours today. And then I'm going to spend four hours at home. And, you know, and I color coded it and I made a little map for the week. You know what it turned out to be? It looked like an unhappy face when I got done. Coloring oh, really? it. No joke. Yeah. No joke. I didn't do it on purpose. It just became like this unhappy face. I was like, and I was like, this isn't going to work. So my, my balance is when I'm with my family, I am present with my family. I'm not on my phone. I'm not doing emails. I'm coloring with my kid. I'm doing her ABCs. I'm present with them. At dinner, my phones are on the counter in the back and we're present at dinner. You know, we spend time together. We calendar times together and so forth. Like last night I was working until 930 at night. I got home at 930 and we had a cup of noodles with my wife. Like that was our time together. We watched 45 minutes of a show together and we were off the bed, you know? So like, 
I don't like what how it insinuates like you have to be mm -hmm. balanced every single day, but you, I think every person has a sense what balance means to them. Thank you for that. I, I have to, I have to be honest. You're not the first person to right. take exception with yeah. the life balance yeah. approach. But what I also, I think is very important that you stressed was that you're present in the moment. So yeah, maybe you yeah. do work a 12 hour day today, but when you are home with your wife or you are home, your kids, that is what you're doing. Right. That right there is balance. Yes. It may, yeah. the, the scales right. may tip this way and that way as far as the, the, the length of time, but it's still balance. So my 2023 goal on my whiteboard, on, I have, I have a photo in the office. It's be present. Mm. Right. And I have an 80, 20 rule while I'm working. I have to be, I try to focus 80, 20, 80% of the time while I'm working and I let myself screw off 20% of the time. Right. You know, so you can't you can't work 100% be focused 100% right. of the time but the focus is be present right and you know i have to also say that nobody ever got any place in this world working just 8 hours a day right. it's just not possible today yep. you know yep exactly All right, so um, I'm being given the sign that we have to yes. regrettably end this delicious conversation. <laughs> I, I've 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 liked you from the very first moment that I met you. You're thank you, Satan an feels awesome mutual. gentleman. Thank you so much. I, I'm honored to to hear that uh, you're an incredible entrepreneur. You're a go getter. You have you have incredible energy. It's so infectious. And also, and and having accomplished so much so young, yes, I have to throw that in. That's what you've accomplished in your life is incredible. Yeah, Thank you. Make you. Me, you make me a little envious. But I'll, but let me just be honest with you. I would rather give that all up to have ten more years with my dad. I can understand that. Right. You. Absolutely. It, it's it's. Like I was thrown into the fire and I, I, luckily I was able to come out of it, be stronger for it, but I would give it all up just to have 10 more years with pops. Mm -hmm. I can, I can certainly understand that. It's uh, I'm sorry that you didn't get that. Okay. Really Same who I am today. Well, right. It's the double edged sword of it. That's yeah. right. Well, you've turned it into something good. No, you know. So the last, uh, last series is what we, like to call our nitty gritty <gasps> the balotified five it's our balotified five five questions what comes to mind is what we're looking for what is your golden rule elvin lie be kind mm -hmm. what is one daily habit you have you strongly believe contributes to your success Ooh. besides coffee <laughs> hey. um remembering what my goal is what are the things you tell yourself when no one is listening that it's okay to not be okay be, but be present in yes. that whatever it is mm -hmm. Um, what, what is the one change you'd like to see in the industry? More collaboration, for sure. Do you think collaboration is the way of the future? 
it has partnerships, collaborations. The isolation that we're seeing right now in thought and ideas is just going to create more isolation. Mm-hmm. It's only through collaboration and cross-section, especially of multiple facets, like like music and science, right? Creating the ultrasound. Like it, it's only in those cross-sections that we really see innovation, but we don't have innovation without collaboration. So we have to. Good point. And finally, what is your why? What is your why? We've heard Anya a lot about whys. Yeah, legacy, Anya, my daughter, my son, those are my whys. Like making sure um, they're able to walk into a place and be judged for their performance, not by the skin and color of their, uh, the color of their skin and being able to succeed in whatever they want to do or fail whatever, right? It's up to them. Um, But just being able to do what they want to do. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us. Happy to be. Very nice to meet you, Alex. It was a pleasure to to talk to you. Nice to meet you as well. And I just, I can't wait to kind of stay at your place. Please. It's so beautiful. I kind of popped it up and I have the scrolling pictures going by. So... Hey, thank you for listening to Bolotified. If you haven't already, please like and subscribe. And remember to leave us your questions or comments at bolotta.com backslash podcast. Bolotified is a production of Bolotta Entertainment. Hey, that's a lot of Bolotta. Stay engaging.